Good afternoon, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. And guys, this is the first time my show is featuring my brother, Woo! Dawson Hardy. Dawson, I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about this again, but you're a big, you're a Husky fan, sort of a Husky fan. And uh, last night we got to see your Huskies sort of delve into my Cougs, you know. Uh, so take us through what you thought of the game. Well, personally, I thought it was great, um, but uh, obviously it was a mixed opinion. I had the fortune of watching it with four other Cougar fans, so uh, it was an interesting environment for sure, but uh, I thought um, it was pretty disappointing from an entertainment point of view. I mean, it was kind of over before it even began, <laughs> really. I mean, you guys were up 24-zip before really anything happened for the Cougs, and then every time it seemed like the Cougs would start moving the ball on offense. And just before halftime, we had the ball, we're marching right down the field, and we get into the you know our side of the field. What does Luke Falk do? He decides to fall off his back foot, throw it into six Huskies. A lot of his throws are off his back foot, and um, he just seemed like he was kind of caving under the pressure of the big moment, and uh, it didn't get any better when they, you know, they were down by 14 points so quick. He's like, "All right, I got to make something happen." And like Coach Leet said at halftime, he's like, oh, "Our guys are just trying to go out and make too big of plays. So they they got to focus on each little moment." And they did a bad job of doing that, and uh, really made it too easy on the Huskies. Like you look at Jake Browning's stats here: only 11 of 17 for 93 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. And then you look and you see the Huskies scored 41 points, and you're like, well, how their best player not even contribute that much, you know? But that's just how easy it was. They didn't even need to throw it. They just kept it on the ground in the rainy, rainy weather, and it's just ugly. And what do you think of the Cougars uh, and their offense? Why, why did they struggle so much? It's got to be, uh, you got to, obviously Luke Falk struggled, but I, I can't put it all on him because the Huskies were getting pressure with three guys. Three guys. We have five yeah. offensive linemen, and they're not new to this. They're all veteran offensive linemen who have played a lot of football together, and they're not even able to stop three guys rushing the passer. Don't get me wrong, the Huskies have a good defensive line. But not that was, good, though. <laughs> it was so frustrating. It's like Luke Falk, he would try to go through his progressions. Yes, sometimes he took too long. But at the same time, he's trying to look deep down the field to get us some, some movement on offense. And he can't do that because in two seconds, he's got a Husky defender in his face. Right. And which, yeah. From my perspective, it seemed like he wasn't taking what was there. Like, he was, uh, they had their, they really thrive off those checkdowns. Like, um, a lot of percentage of his yardage come from passing the ball off to Jamal Morrow. I mean, you look even in this game, I didn't even think they utilized him enough. He had 10 receptions for 76 yards. I just think that he spent a lot of his time focusing on, uh, excuse Garrison's son here, he's <laughs> joining the show for us. But yeah. uh, you look at Jamal Morrow and 10 receptions, 76 yards, and uh, really kind of a drop off after that. And I still don't think they got him involved enough. I just, they really tried to look downfield for a lot of throws and I agree so that you look at the rushing attempts, the Cougs rushed the ball six times, six times, and five of those was to Jamal Murrow, and the, the Cougs, a lot of their runs are basically pass plays, mm -hmm. short pass plays. They needed to do a lot more of that. I understand you, Luke Falk probably didn't want to focus on the checkdowns too much, but there were a lot of times where he was getting thrown to the ground, and in the replay, we both saw mm -hmm. Jamal Morrow standing there like, right. hey, I can get five or six yards here. And, and then we kept talking about like how he kept looking too far downfield, but like 
maybe he would have been able to do that if he had like softened, soft, up. softened up yeah. the defense a little bit. And they didn't soften up the defense. You can't just jump in and be like, Hail Mary. I mean, I try to do that in Madden all the time. It just doesn't work. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the Huskies on offense didn't even have to get creative as a result I mean, of look this. look at that. Look at the rushes. They're in 25 carries from Gaskin, 9 and... Jeez, 82 yards from gas or from Ahmed on nine carries. That's just ridiculous. That's the worst average from the Huskies on was a 7.7 yard per carry average. Yeah. That just shows you how well they controlled that line of scrimmage, and they really didn't even need to throw the ball. Uh, one thing I thought that was interesting. The Huskies kicker was struggling. Of course, he did well against the Cougs. Of course. But that just showed how not afraid the Huskies were as they're like, you know what, let's kick a 45-yard field goal, even though our kicker has been struggling the past few weeks. So that kind of wrapped up the Apple Cup for me. Let's move on to something, you know, that I can handle a little bit better. Now, guys, we move on to the NFL, and there's plenty of games across the country. Uh, we start with the Cleveland Browns, wow. and they are 0-11 on the season, 1-27 in their last 28 games. It sucks to be a Brown, let me tell you. That's why I always try and jump in as their GM on Madden and to help them out, you know, and turn the franchise around. Cody but, Kessler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, he's very underrated, I'm franchise telling you. Franchise quarterback. In any case, they lost again today to the Cincinnati Bengals 30-16. to Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the stats. I don't understand the Browns. It looks like they have a decent roster. Yeah, um... From my perspective, uh, owning Isaiah Crowell in fantasy football, it's been very frustrating because, you know, you hear all year, Hugh Jackson, that's the coach, right? Yeah. Hugh Jackson looking to get Isaiah Crowell more involved. Um, and in a few games, they actually really have gotten him involved, you know. Like, for instance, today, I think he's been pretty effective. You look 16 carries, 95 yards. The only issue being they fall behind so quick, then they can't get him involved. And I think the, I think that it seems like they get a little... Uh, What's the word? Uh, throw heavy. Um, as soon as the first sign of, oh no, we're losing grip on the game. Let's, you know, I mean, you look Kaiser, a rookie, throwing it 31 times. I mean, I just feel like that's not a very safe recipe for winning a football game. Especially when you look at the lack of weapons in their receiving core. You got Corey Coleman, who's coming off of a, a, a very similar broken hand injury. He's only able to get the ball three times, and for an average of 21.3 yards per reception, Kenny Britt, similar thing, two catches for 52 yards. Uh, David jo Njoku, I think I'm saying that right, their rookie tight end, very positive prospect. But with all these weapons that we see on this roster, they have a solid offensive line, they have a decent running back, and then you look on the other side, they have a pretty solid defense as far as pieces. Solid defensive line, corners who are serviceable, serviceable safeties. I just don't understand why they have not been able to put this team together. I mean, for me, it just kind of looks like what you got to go to in a situation like that is, I mean, the coaching. I mean, how long has he been there, coach? I think three years going on. And uh, it's just it's not getting any better, so... Um... I don't think that, uh, I think they need to make a move. I think there's some good prospects out there. Um, Coach Harbaugh, Coach Michigan. Harbaugh, for instance, Maybe. you know, that's an interesting uh, subject, uh, bringing him up. I just think that uh, they have a very losing environment, and I don't really see it going away until they make a coaching staff, because I feel like right now Hugh Jackson just kind of carries this air about him of <laughs> losing. Um, <laughs> 
And I don't think the Browns could get Coach Harbaugh to leave Michigan, honestly. He's like, you know what? I've got things pretty good a up lot here. safer. Yeah. So I I don't know who they would get, honestly. But we're Who would want that job? That's the <laughs> issue. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Carolina Panthers got the wins over the Jets today, 35-27. Very solid effort there. Uh, Cam Newton, his throwing continues to be an issue, it appears, as he went 11 of 28 for 168 on the day. But they have that stable of running backs and threats at receiver. Devin Funch is still able to carve out over 100 yards. With He must have had almost every one of Cam Newton's passing yards, mm-hmm. 108 yards on the day. He had seven of his 11 completions, so Funchess is obviously replacing Kelvin Benjamin. Filling in nicely. Yeah, good move on the Panthers' part, I think. Clear up some cap, maybe look at some other options potentially down the road. It's not like they were using him anyway. Very true. On the Jets side, they started the season out pretty good, and you know they were four and three or four and four at one point, which for their roster talent was phenomenal. Happy days. I I don't think they can blame the coach on this with all the talent they've lost. I mean, you look at Josh McCown; he's had a very good year thus far, considering he's 38 years old or something like that, playing for his 13th team. Yep. Did I hear that? Yeah. Uh, they have some running backs here and there, but really this roster is devoid of talent. So the Jets are falling back into line now at four and seven, where the Panthers are keeping pace with the Saints at eight and three. What's the uh, score? Saints game still going on right now. Uh, yep, Saints are down seven to the Rams. Uh, Saints are down to the Rams, seventeen to ten. My son Preston making an appearance here. Uh, we're in the third quarter, 13 minutes to go. So there's still a lot of football to be had there. The Rams, talk about an improvement there. And the Rams, the way they have turned this thing around, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? They go from four and 12 under Jeff Fisher. Fisher. They bring in, what's their coach name? Uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. That's it. And next thing you know, they're seven and three for in front of the Seattle Seahawks, leading the New Orleans Saints right now, seventeen to ten in the third quarter. And they have the ball, by the way. I don't. The the, the turnaround has been fantastic. Sean McVay has to be coach of the year. Oh, easily in my opinion. Um, you just look at um, you know, how they did that, and uh, in my opinion, um, last year. Last year, it just wasn't a very good environment uh, for their rookie quarterback, Jared Goff. Um, they didn't really give him a chance. You know, it's kind of one of those Demarcus Russell Raiders situations. You know, you just kind of toss him in there with no weapons, no protection, and they really fixed that this year. I mean, look at the additions: Sammy Watkins at wideout. Um, what's the the USC wideout? He's not playing today. It looks like, but. Uh, or draft um, Cooper Cup draft out of Cooper Eastern Cup. Washington. Very um, underrated. Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin. They just have weapons across the board right now at this point. Uh, so I just think, um, and protection, offensive line's really improved. Getting Todd Gurley more involved and uh, improving his yards per carry uh, by a lot. So making things easier on Goff. And he's really flourished. I mean, this year he's been one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, even from a fantasy perspective. Um, he's putting up big numbers on a consistent basis. And I just think that... Right now, I mean, I don't think the Seahawks have a chance to uh, surpass the Rams. I mean, they just, with all these injuries and the Rams really, their defense is great too. Aaron Donald, I mean, they're stacked. I just don't see the Seahawks surpassing them. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, jumping in here, both Dawson and I are Seahawks fans for sure. Both of us living in Lewiston, Idaho. 
And it's just been a bummer of a year for the Seattle Seahawks. We go from, at one point, looking like Super Bowl contenders to uh, the, we thought the offensive line was going to be fixed. They made some additions in the offseason. They drafted a left tackle. And in the preseason, left tackle, boom, leg injury, out for the season. So we bring in, we put Ifedi back in that spot. And my gosh, he is probably the worst lineman I've ever seen. Just at, can't move his feet, constantly getting beaten from the outside. Just bad all around. Uh, Jimmy Graham, let me say this. They've gotten Jimmy Graham more involved this year. And that is, that's definitely a positive. But at the same time, you got to wonder if it, it, Russell can't do it all. He just can't. He's running for his life every play. Dwayne Brown, that was a... That was a great pickup. So, guys, my brother just tripped over our cat and punted it into the next room. So we had to take a bit of a technical difficulty break there and check on the kitty and uh, Dawson's leg, of course. All uh, good? I'm all right, yeah. I sustained a tough injury, but I'll play three. We'll finish out this game. Huh? The, the things you do for sports, you know, that just the love of the game. I'm putting it all on the line, baby. That's right. Okay, so where were we? We were just talking about how the Seahawks are relying so much on Russell Wilson that at some point the camel is going to break his back. You know, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you just all the pressure on him. You look at him; he's just running around like a chicken with his head cut off on a lot of the plays, and uh, it's just. I mean, what hope do you have uh, to? I mean, even if we got to the, you know the playoffs, I mean, I just don't think that we'd be able to compete, so I'm really not even like that optimistic if we were able to get there, you know, what's Ag the point? Agreed, and when you look at the uh, NF the NFC as a whole, you've got teams like the Minnesota Vikings at 9-2, and two, the, the Detroit Lions a potential matchup for us at 6-5, and five, sneaking in at a wild card. Mm -hmm. We're currently ahead of them at 6-4, and four. If we, assuming we win today, we improve our chances. So... Uh, the Panthers are a team we would probably run into at eight and three. We would probably go to their place since they're from the NFC South. Maybe the Falcons even at seven and four. The uh, NFC South is stacked. That is a legit division. The Falcons Super Bowl, you know, finished second last year in the choke of the century in the Super Bowl. Right. And then we got an eight and two team, and then it's eight and three team down there. People thought the Buccaneers were going to be a fantastic team this year, or make a lot of improvement at least, and they haven't done that. Uh, so, the the Seahawks have just got a long way to go. It's unfortunate that injuries have reared their head for them. But even with a full roster, they haven't had that impressive of a start. So not really. Uh, not that excited about the Seahawks. And uh, we're just, let's why don't, while we're at it, why don't we talk about our you know playoff picks going forward? So as far as potential playoff teams, you have at the top of the pack Philadelphia Eagles improving to 10 and 1 today. Their run has been phenomenal and they add midway through the season Jay Ajayi, who's one of the NFL's premier running backs. So that increases their backfield productivity. Their defense has been playing above their level in my opinion and Carson Wentz is showing fantastic poise under pressure and under duress, and he's a fantastic leader for this team. So you've got to like the Eagles. Granted, they haven't won a Super Bowl ever, so you're always wondering if they're going to you know, screw up somewhere along the way and choke in the playoffs. But in any case, they're looking good right now. Then, as always, the New England Patriots coming in at 9-2, seven-game winning streak. 
after today's win over the Miami Dolphins. Let's see here. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. What the heck is happening? I don't even know what to say. I mean... I remember um, their offense really exploded. You looked at them, and I feel like this is the same. We had the same conversation last year. I mean, they started off as one of the hottest teams in the league, dominating all the competition. Um, you look at week one, they made the Patriots look, they made them look like fools, and let's be honest. And uh, then seems like as the season kind of goes along, they their offense loses some of its explosiveness, and Alex Smith, you know, goes back to being Alex Smith. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of the superhuman uh, earlier in the season. And you look at him like, oh, maybe he's elite. And then it always teases you. And then here we are, looking at their three-game losing streak. And they're barely scrambled together double-digit points on a weekly basis anymore. Now, they did just sign Darrell Rivas from free agency. Granted, he's older. He's probably lost a step here and there. But he's still smart mentally. But when I look at their scores, it's not the problem with the defense. I mean, they all these games, they're holding teams under 20 points, minus the Cowboys game and the Raiders game. But their offense is not doing anything to help their cause. The mm-hmm. last time they put up great points was against the Raiders, a game in which they lost and which started this losing streak. Um, I don't understand what we're seeing on offense and why we have such a huge drop-off. Well, for me, uh, it kind of comes with being able to use Kareem Hunt effectively. Um, he, You look at earlier in the season, week one, New England, 17 carries, 148 yards at a touchdown, um, along with uh, five catches, 98 yards, and two touchdowns, 53 fantasy points. Um, and really, uh, they just stopped getting him involved, and at least <clears throat> effectively. Um, today, 11 carries, 17 yards, barely a yard per carry. And they're just not going to win many games if they're not going to respect the run game. They don't need to respect Alex Smith. Um, it's just, uh, I feel like they really go as far as their run game can take them. But um, it's not really taking them very far at this point. Which sucks for you because you have him on oh, your big fantasy shame. team. Big shame. Uh, my, I'm, I'm tarnished. It's over. No, that's all right. Anyways, the reason we bring them up is we're going through the standings. They lost again today at the hands of the Buffalo Bills, a team that was coming off of an embarrassing loss when they started Nathan Peterman. Uh, shout out to Tyrod Taylor for cementing his stature as the starter. Why did they the ever replace him? I don't understand. They're just throwing in Nathan Peterman all of a sudden? He has one bad game, and then they put in an unproven fifth-round pick who, <clears throat> granted, not a lot of us probably saw five interceptions in 14 pass attempts, but I don't think we saw it going that well, to be honest. And the Chargers are very scrappy, especially as of late. They're making a pl- case for the playoffs, which none of us saw this season early on. I'm least. happy for them. They just... A lot of seasons for Phillip Rivers where he's looked great and the offense has been on firing on all cylinders, yet they barely, you know, scrape together four wins. And it's very possible sitting at five and six right behind the Chiefs, maybe for a wild card spot. Uh, moving on, the Steelers tonight uh, at eight and two have a chance to improve to nine and two on the season as a they chance. take on. <laughs> true, a very good chance as they take on the Green Bay Packers, uh, quarterbacked by Brett Hundley, who. Doing his best, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Aaron Rodgers, and who is? Uh, who could blame him? But at the same time, he's really not. Um, you know, he doesn't look good. Let's just put it there. Uh, he's improved slightly week to week from what I've heard. I haven't been able to watch any of the games, but um, seeing the final scores, and it's not a pretty situation. Uh, they're sitting at 5-5, five and five, just 500, and, you know, that's that's just unheard of in uh, Packer land. So, uh, 
Just real interesting to see how they'll adapt going over the next uh, couple games, especially tonight. All right, guys, and uh, just going to wrap the NFL up here. The Packers and Steelers are underway. Packers lead at 14-6. Let's dive in and see who's playing for the Packers. It looked like Aaron Rodgers was getting close to a comeback as he was throwing bombs on the field before the game. So we could be seeing Aaron Rodgers back anytime. Hunley right now 3 of 4, 98 yards, two touchdowns. On the other side, Ben Roethlisberger, 13 of 18, 98 yards, a touchdown, and also a pick. Le'Veon Bell has yet to get going right now. Elsewhere, the Seattle Seahawks defeated the uh, San Francisco 49ers 24-13. So, Doss, there's our Seahawks getting the win right there and moving to 7-4. and four. Well, they should get a win against such a mediocre San Francisco squad, but um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Well, coming up, they play the Eagles, and we already talked about them. And it's in Seattle, but still, uh, seeing a 10-1 and Philadelphia squad come to town, uh, who has won, I believe, 9 straight or 10 straight? I forget. Uh, it's not <laughs> not looking too good for the Seahawks. No, I would say so, but um, it'll be an interesting test to see if, uh, with all these injuries, if they can still hang with some of the bigger teams in the NFL. Uh, speaking of uh, their division, these the LA Rams got the win over the Saints in LA today, 26 to 20. Let's take a look at their stats. Drew Brees, uh, the ever efficient, 22 of 32, 246 yards and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, five carries on 87 yards and a touchdown. He also had six receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. And it just so happens that Ike, the guy I'm going up against in fantasy, has him. So, joyful. But Alvin Kamara's got to have Rookie of the Year already locked up, in my opinion. Uh, are we sure we're not missing anyone? Oh, yeah. It was Deshaun Watson, but I guess now it just leaves Alvin Kamara. Very unfortunate. Jared Goff, 28 of 43, 354 yards, two touchdowns. Todd Gurley got it going late. 17 carries, 74 yards. And Cooper Cup, eight receptions, 116 yards, led the Rams receivers in yardage. So big win for the Rams there as they improve to 8-3 and three to stay ahead of the Seahawks. The Saints also fall to 8-3. and three tying them with the Panthers. And that kind of wraps up today's action. Packers game still in action. We'll have to see who wins that. Uh, but the Texans and Ravens play Monday night, and really, who cares about that game? Let's be real. <laughs> no offense to be expected. What's the Ravens record? And what are they sitting at here? Ravens are at, it doesn't say, of course. Let's take a look at the standings. Ravens are sitting at 5-5. Five 5-5. And five. Five so and five. Steelers basically have their division locked up. Uh, Ravens do have a shot at a wild card berth in the AFC, but uh, they're going to have to. Uh, every start, game's crucial. Start by getting a win tomorrow night against a Texan squad that uh, Tom Savage has done his part, you know, to keep him in it, but he's not Deshaun Watson. They're sitting at four and six, three games back of the Jaguars and Titans. So yeah, that's all for the NFL. Um, there is one other thing, Dawson, and I want to talk about. We're both NBA fans. And so, as a result, we got NBA 2K. And Dawson, why don't you just start us off? What, oh, no. what, what do you think of it? Where to what? begin? Where to begin? Well, uh, yeah, when I first bought the game, I remember uh, what I wanted to do because it's just kind of the thing that you you know you want to try every year is the my career mode, the game mode where you get to create your own guy and kind of have your own career as your own individual player rather than you know focusing on the usual team environment. It's just kind of been a cool uh, game mode where 
Um, you get to focus on so much customization, like what shoe brand you want to go with, what's your haircut look like, you know, every <laughs> down to all the little details and, and the way your guy plays, what position you play. It's just been really fun. Um, but lately, in my opinion, they've really been, I don't know, making it too complicated. I, I thought uh, almost when they did less with the game mode, it was better. You look at uh, NBA 2K11, I remember that was just... Um, you had uh, you got drafted and you just played the games. Now you got these storylines that they're making you play out. Um, you want to say a little bit more on that? Yeah. Maybe you had some good thoughts. So the storylines, it, it automatically takes away uh, it, you feeling like you have any attachment to your character, which is supposed to be all about you. This recent story is about a guy where you're sub called DJ, and the story is you out of college had a chance to go to the NBA, but you decided to. Per pursue a career as a DJ and uh, then you suddenly decide you know what I'm gonna go be an NBA player and you so just so happen to get picked up by your favorite team by playing in an amateur tournament uh, but that never happens in real life is the thing uh, it, nobody is found at these amateur tournaments to uh, get get from, luckily found by an NBA scout who just happened to be sitting there of the team of your favorite team the team of your choice really and uh, here you go here's your tryout boom you're on the team so right away the immersion effect that has been felt in years past is gone it's and not there anymore and what bugs me about it is everything just seems a little silly I don't know if you know what I mean like you have this friend who just everything's a joke you have this agent who hasn't had a real NBA player in years and you just kind of scrape together this random team and it just all seems kind of like a joke the fact that you were a DJ the other day and you say hey I want to go play in the NBA whoa I'm in the NBA now this is great you know like I get as far as exciting it's exciting to have kind of an underdog long shot story, but that's just kind of a joke for me, to be honest. And it's not like the gameplay is any good either. Like, it's all geared towards this money-making system where they want you to spend money because it takes so long to level up your player nowadays. I just, I just can't stand it. That's the new thing that they came out with was this feature called The Neighborhood in which your avatar was supposed to... I get the idea they were going for. They were probably going for a World of Warcraft type multi or massive, massive multi online you know platform where everyone could come together show in a basketball community basically that's not the case though as you can't even interact with the other players avatars and if you want if you want a new haircut uh, you go down to the barbershop and you have to pay your currency for the haircut. So that's all a scheme of making people pay or in these microtransactions that is basically insulting. If you want new gear, go to the NBA store. If you want new shoes, go to Foot Locker. And the branding is all up in your face. Basically, give up, give me money. That's what 2K is saying. And it has never been this bad. Last year, I honestly liked the my the story for last year. You had your player, and then you had the gym that you could that you lived at, and that had everything you need or needed. It wasn't it wasn't big, but it had a, it was it worked. This year, it's it, I just can't stand it. And the characters that Dawson mentioned or that you mentioned not but a few minutes ago, they're so annoying and so cliche. Cringeworthy. Yeah, cringe and cliche. I, I can't get into the story. I just want to play basketball. That's all I want. I want to make, put up 
triple double numbers. I want to, and I don't want to have to wait 10 years to do it without spending money. Exactly. And the way the, I just, I just don't like it the way it's gone. It's, it's a, it's a crying shame. This used to be my favorite gameplay mode. You brought up 2k11. It was fun to just play basketball with your guy and put, put up, up big numbers, amazing you know? numbers. You were the star. You, you had your, you know, you, uh, you strive to be like Michael Jordan and like you would put up these huge numbers and be like, oh, my guy's just like Mike. And it was, it was fun. It was exciting. But uh, now they start you off with a 60 overall uh, terrible player. And if you want to get good, pay up. So that's that's my player. We obviously don't like it. And I give it probably a 2 out of 10. Granted, I played like 30 minutes of it. I'd give it a 4 out of 10. I'd be generous. He's being generous. So a combined 6 out of 20 between us. Uh, let's go to the regular gameplay, which is what is the most important thing. And from the first look of it, it looks smooth. The graphics are fantastic. And uh, th again, this is the smoothest I've seen the gameplay. That being said, it almost feels like the game is delayed when you're passing the ball around. And when you try and make a cut towards the basket, it happens a few seconds after you want it to. It's just a weird feel for NBA 2K18. It doesn't feel very responsive, as I think the what you're describing here. It's like uh, they they valued making the movement, the player movement, look smooth over efficient and real like uh, speed for what it's like in real life. And I get it's hard to replicate, so I'm no graphic designer myself, but uh, it's just really. I don't know, in past 2Ks, I felt uh, able to get where I need to go on the court at any time. And this, it's just kind of stuffy. Uh, the movement is smooth, but very inefficient and frustrating, really, when you're so used to such a efficient pace, really. I completely agree as far as the movement is concerned. It feels like if you want to make a drive to the lane, it better be completely wide open as if you happen to touch another player, boom, turnover, ball's going the other way. Congrats, you've turned it over 40 times. And if you're playing against a solid defense, I mean, you're hardly ever going to get a wide open lane. I mean, I was playing with Russell Westbrook, my favorite player, and I could barely get to the hoop. And I mean, he gets to the hoop at will. It just seems like, and I, maybe this is all coming from I haven't played it very much, given I haven't, uh, but it just seems... Uh, I don't know, they really worked hard to get the graphics down, but I felt like uh, in doing so, they kind of took away from a lot of other parts that made 2K so fun to play. It made it very playable. For sure, and I think the the defense has been focused on a lot, which is good because you want to be able to feel like you have a chance to stop people online and stuff like that. But at the same time, Doss and I play on Superstar, so maybe that's part of it. It's a high difficulty for all you non-2Kers. That's right. But I feel like we should be able to score more than 60 points in eight-minute quarters for four quarters. Doss and I probably, what, the last 2K, we could probably put up 90 points, no problem, in eight minutes. Oh, yeah, 100. 100 even. And this one, it's like you're lucky if you break 50. Every quarter is a struggle to get more than 10 points in it. And the thing is, is like he's saying, we want to have realistic stats compared to like, you know, real life. Uh, teams are scoring 100 points a night, or nowadays NBA, 120. But, um, you know, our guys are going to be averaging like 10 points a game max. And, you know, how exciting is that? I don't want to play a, a game for two hours just to you know, get realistic stats. So it's just another issue. 
And again, as he said, maybe this is just our inexperience on the game, but we're, we're going to continue to play it, continue to see if it gets better as time goes on. But right now, I got to say I'm a little disappointed with 2K's overall gameplay and definitely with my career. So thus far, we'll, I guess we'll just have to keep playing it and uh, see if we can give you guys an update as time goes on. But, I'm a six and a half out of ten total right now. Yeah, I'm right about there too. The graphics so. are amazing, so don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful game, just doesn't play nice. I agree, and the, I will say this: the buttons they kept it very similar from last year. That's one thing that always drives me crazy yeah. when they change up the entire way it feels. It's maddening. This year they kept the buttons pretty much the same. So the new passing is nice. You can do overhead pass, bounce pass, and change how far you're passing it based on how long you hold the button down. That was brilliant that they haven't done that in other two cases. And last thing, you just you just reminded me of that. It feels like no matter how well you pass the ball, your guys are. Are never open okay you can have a guy in the corner a oh, wide open for a three you pass it to him boom he's covered don't bother yeah, shooting it that's crazy tough to get over and that all ties back into the defense that that was the main focus with this one obviously and it's almost overpowering so again maybe we'll get better at it see how it plays time goes on who knows uh, that's going to do it here for us at uh, Garrison Talk Sports. Uh, this is the first time Dawson helped me out with it. And, uh... and last. No, I'm <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe I can convince him to do some more. I'll be here. Uh, we're going to try and get some fantasy stuff for you as the time week goes on, get Dawson a little more involved in that. He's the expert after all, even though his record doesn't show it Let's this year. talk about that. <laughs> Anywho. Three titles. <laughs> he loves to bring that up. Anywho, uh, I'm Garrison Hardy, and... I'm Dawson Hardy, signing off. <laughs> Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. Woo!